0: Welcome everybody, PMP Weekly, episode 176. It is 29th of August. Uh, Autumn is here, so it just arrived uh, this morning, so at least in here. It was 30 degrees yesterday and sunny, now it's 15 in Fahrenheit, uh, in Celsius, not in Fahrenheit.
1: We're kind of in the 22 area, which is good weather. Like that is proper weather. It's not too cold, but it's also not like insanely hot for European standards, exactly. This is not actually bad. This is good because it's a bit
0: cool and chilly. So it's it's good for the dogs. Anyway, in the BMP Weekly, we always talk about the latest of Microsoft the 365 and waiter. <laughs> and we also have a visitor typically in the show. Uh, and this time it was Daniel Laskovich. We already recorded that. Uh, great interview. Uh, he is a cloud advocate uh, in Microsoft Power Platform site uh, and joined Microsoft, what was it, four weeks ago or something Correct. like that. Yes, so it's a good discussion on, on uh, Daniel's past and being an MVP and then joining Microsoft and what does
1: he do now? And yeah, and about also very the interesting platform. perspectives and opinions about the state of power platform, fusion development, sure. pro development and power platform. So really interesting points uh, that are on top of mind for many, many folks.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now,
1: before we go to the
0: uh, interview, uh, please remember hashtag BNP Weekly in the Twitter, uh, so we know uh, awesome videos, blog posts, uh, writings, what you have done, so we're able to actually cover them in the weekly show. But without further ado, let's jump on the interview with Daniel. Yes. So, welcome Daniel Laskovic uh, on the PMP Weekly. This is episode one seventy-six. Thank you for joining on that one, um, and. Good to have you actually on the show. Not quite sure why you haven't been in the show in the past, but you know.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I've been asked a couple of times, but I I think
0: it didn't work out timing wise, but. uh. Yeah, it might be. It might be. That's actually a fair point, fair point. Now, Daniel, you recently joined Microsoft and you've been on on the MVP side. Can you talk a bit about who are you, what are you doing? Let's start from there. So what what are you doing right now? Yeah, so I'm Daniel Loschwitz. (laughs) I'm in in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So uh, I'm Daniel Laskiewicz. I uh, come from uh, Utrecht in the Netherlands, in the center of the Netherlands. Um, I'm a developer advocate at Microsoft now, and I focus on the Power Platform. Um, I used to work in consulting for um, 10 years, a little bit yeah, like 10 years, and um, I recently made the switch to Microsoft. Uh, I used to work in consulting first in the SharePoint space, Uh, and I was moving towards uh, Microsoft 365, of course. Uh, That's, by the way, an interesting story, because when I started my previous job, I started at a company, and a lot of people were really fans of the SharePoint on-premises world, and they loved the central administration, (laughs) etc. So everybody was like, "Office 365, SharePoint Online, we're not gonna do that." (laughs) So I came in, and they were like, "Daniel, you go do that," and I was like, "Okay, sure, let's do it." (laughs) (laughs) Exactly Exactly that. (laughs) But the 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 funny part is that for me, it was really good because. I started working with SharePoint Online. I learned everything about SharePoint Online, all the other apps that also are available in Office 365, and that kind of gave me a head start um, in the whole Microsoft 365 world. So that was really cool. And after, I guess it was four years, five years. I moved into the power platform which was back then not power platform yet. <laughs> so uh I worked with Microsoft Flow a lot uh because I used to work a lot with wor- uh, workflows in uh SharePoint uh SharePoint designer of course. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I worked a lot with that wow. and uh, <laughs> and then I moved over to uh yeah Microsoft Flow, Power Apps, etc and I yeah. uh, uh have uh yeah, I have done a lot of work with uh, the Power Platform, but still, I also did on the side a lot of stuff still with the uh, Microsoft 365 world because yeah. I uh, just can't let go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, can, can that's actually a good question as well. Immediately, I just got a chillion of other questions in mind, but can you let go of Microsoft 365 if you are only a Power Platform developer, a Power Platform specialist?
1: Well, maybe, maybe to rephrase it. Is there such a thing as only a power platform thing? That's actually oh. a, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: No, that's
2: not, that's exactly the point. Uh, I think that power pla- platform never comes alone. That's kind of the thing. Um, whether it's uh, a line of business apps or something like that, uh, there's there's a bunch of things that you can connect to. Uh, you can connect to Azure. You can connect to Microsoft 365. Uh, dynamics. If you want to, uh, there's uh, there's a bunch of things that you can do, of course. And I've never seen an application that's only power platform. Um, yep. Maybe there was one kind of kiosk app once in a while, <laughs> but uh, that, yeah, like a demo <laughs> app or something yep. where you would do something like that. But yeah, the the power is also in the connectors because the connectivity yes. makes it really uh, really powerful.
0: And that's Definition. that's really the power of Microsoft Cloud, right? Because yeah. the central identity you're signed in, and then you have access on all of the different Azure and Microsoft 365 and Dynamics and so on. Sorry
1: about I jumped on your. Yeah. So uh, thinking about that, because like you said that you're coming from uh, SharePoint past, right? Where in other words, you've seen many things over the, the course of of years, right? You've seen SharePoint, SharePoint Designer. You've seen. Uh, Access services that we had uh-huh. at some point for building low code, no code apps. Yeah. So, like, True. If, you, True. If, if you go through, you, yeah, I mean, like, we've had quite a few things um, over the course of a year. So, how do you see that space evolve, that low code, no code space in SharePoint slash O365 slash Enter65 over the course of years and the role that Power Platform plays today and maybe even in the coming years?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Power Platform was also an enabler for the low-code, no-code space inside of Microsoft 365, for instance, and also other places in Microsoft. Because um, if I look at uh, what Microsoft Flow did uh, for the replacement of SharePoint Designer, Yep. Uh, but then after that, you've seen tons of new experiences uh, uh, arrive in Microsoft 365, for instance, like uh, you have the rules engine now, uh, uh, you have all kinds of things with the JSON uh, formatting that you have, of course. Those kinds of things have been uh, coming into everything in Microsoft actually, and that's that's something that's really cool. And uh, the fact that they heavily more modernized it because, of course, if we look at SharePoint Designer, you could do a lot of things. Uh, yeah. There's even things that you can do in SharePoint Designer, that you can do in, uh, in Microsoft Flow or Power Automate nowadays. Uh, sure. State Machine, not saying a lot about that, but <laughs> that's one of those things. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's, there's been a huge uh, uh, uptake in, uh, in, I think, the, the people that use it. Uh, because um, before that was a lot of people who uh, were doing a lot of things with, uh, for instance, SharePoint Designer, but also InfoPath, et cetera. And I think it was also a bit of a hidden group of people, uh, because I, I, I'm not sure if a lot of people, Microsoft probably was, but a lot of people were not really, um, they they didn't know about all those people doing those things. Uh, I remember with uh, also another story. Um, I remember with all the migrations that we did from uh, the on-premises world to uh, uh, to the cloud world. That everybody had like a real big kingdom on their file shares with all kinds of okay. things in there.
1: You no, know, we had X, and then you came across a <laughs> exactly. platform yes. with the weirdest integration, like full yep. apps logic. Exactly. Do the uh, XSD and XML that build <laughs> the form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. good old days, right?
2: Yeah, those things, right? And that's that's something that now has become a lot more visible. Uh, You see a lot more people also being in the community in there. And that's something that I love to see because um, I really like uh, seeing people that do the most amazing things for business processes. They really solve a problem and they do that. uh, And they, they can also show that to other people. And that's a cool thing.
0: Is it, it almost feels like that the, the low code, no code is now mainstream, uh, because as you said, we had the SharePoint Designer, we had the InfoPath, but if you really were looking into the message, was, especially with SharePoint Designer, was that yes, you can use it, but that's not necessarily a good thing, because it didn't have the governance, it didn't have anything, it had potential fears that it's you, can, well, you could easily break when your stuff.
1: Released it initially. Well,
0: of course, when it was <laughs> released initially, it was released for on-premises, and it was different. Yes, and then we moved yeah. to the cloud, and then uh, it gets a bit more difficult because they say the dependence is there. But it's, it's, it's almost like Power Platform is finally making that information worker, which was the term which we used at yeah. the time, as mainstream. It's, it's now more acceptable. Uh, it's more controlled. It's not a site thing, which you shouldn't be doing, do this pro stuff. It's like, no, no, this is a good thing to do yeah totally agree with that
1: another thing i wanted to ask right because you mentioned that well like we get more abilities like the rules engine json formatting, like what does that mean for the skills that people need in order to be able to truly benefit from everything that power platform has to offer because like on one end you have something like well drag and drop a block and you have already uh power automate flow and it's simple thing like uh, I don't know, get weather for today or something, right? Like, notify me when there is new email. I don't know. But on the other hand, like, it's exactly the, you know, the highly advanced features you mentioned to the point where, well, pro devs can use PCF to include even code, right? To extend apps beyond what is available out of the box. So how do you see that spectrum of skills? And what what, what do you see with customers and partners? How do they approach that? Yeah, so what what
2: I see it's it's kind of two movements. Uh, one is for the pro-dev, and I'll expand a little bit more on that later. But yeah. uh, the other one is, of course, the, the the citizen developer, the information worker kind of thing. And what you see is uh, one move for the citizen development uh, is going more to no-code, for instance. So you can see that there is a bunch of things already there for low-code now, and they are trying to create experiences. Uh, to make it even more easier to uh, to create stuff. Um, examples of that are um, that you can now upload a form, for instance, a PDF, and it can generate an app. Uh, or you can just create something in Figma and then export that and uh, import it into the Power
0: Platform, and you have an app. Is it is uh, it really an app, or is it just a shell of an app, and you actually need to do something? Just to be clear. You, that. you still
2: you still you still have to do. It's it's a it's a shell, but yeah. Um, there's some basic functionality in there, and Absolutely. I I I think that in the future, um, maybe currently it's just a shell, but in the future it will probably be yeah it, it will get better and better um yeah. I'm sure that the, it, it's just like the um, uh the formatting that's that's an example that i that I would like to use here because formatting used to be only json the column formatting etc yeah. and then uh there was an improvement that you could just uh select the uh the column and format it and there were some choices there where you can yeah. just click and click, hit save and then we were done and I think that Kind of approach is happening in Power Platform as well, yeah. but that's the citizen developer side, but the pro dev side, and that's the the the, the real interesting part for me at least <laughs> is that um, um, you can have all that uh, all those uh, no, low code no code experiences, but if you want to really do um, the pro development side of things, so you want to do uh, a lot of components that you want to reuse, you want to do ALM kind of stories, etc. There there's also a place for you there, and that's really cool to see because um, in the beginning that, that wasn't really the, the the focus of the platform. They yeah. really didn't want that. Uh, they were only talking about maker, 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 and now they are also talking about fusion devs, etc. And and that's really a cool um, yeah a cool development I think uh, because yeah. uh, you see more and more experiences that are typically pro dev. Um, and you see the, that end up in the power platform as well.
0: What would be the scenarios where pro devs would be? What What are they actually using? So, what kind of scenarios? Where Where are we? When are we calling to a pro dev? We need your help. Um, pro dev. Quick <laughs> so. Go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so one of the things is the PCF uh components, of course. Uh,
0: so yeah, but what, what to... is a PCF? Well, why would you create a PCF component? No, now I'm thrilling you on this. So yeah. why would a customer be like, no, 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 we need to do a PCF component, which first of all probably most of the people don't know what is a PCF component. Yeah.
2: yeah. So uh the component could be uh something that you want to reuse with your own branding, etc. Uh, so, if you, for instance, have a, 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 some kind of library that you always, always use inside of your apps, and you want to do that in Power Platform as well, um, and it's not fluent, for instance, because that's already there, uh, but if there's uh, there's something more like that, then then you could use uh, a PCF component uh, and make it easy for people to reuse that within their apps. So, if you have, for instance, a header or a menu uh, menu bar you could create that in a PCF and then uh, use that inside of your your apps. And the funny thing is that the PCF controls, they work in multiple ways. So you can have PCF controls for Canvas apps, but you can also have them for model-driven apps. So if you want to have a different experience for model-driven apps, you can do that as well.
0: So if if somebody would hey, like create a standard that whenever we build a power app, a canvas driven a canvas power app in our company, there has to be the standardized branding and header section and all of that with the menus which are pointing to the same location. That's when you would actually create a PCF component. Is that yes?
1: Yeah. The case? And in an app though, right? Because like like you have a point app doing X. Do you want to be able like what you say? Like does that? That concept really fit into a concept of a of of an app, or is it more of a web app, or maybe like a portal shell even? You know, so so I think that it's also um, different point of view, I guess, when you think about building apps, which which might even more be like okay, like if you start an app on your phone, well, like you open one app, you don't have you you cannot launch all apps from from sure. from say sure. single, single right. app, right?
0: But yeah. Still, most like insert again depends on a the customer they might have want to have a standardized branding and and things in place but but again, PCF component could be the way of doing that then if that's the yeah. requirement okay
2: good. yeah, and there's a bunch of other scenarios as well, for instance, if you create your own API for instance yeah. um, um, for a company, it could be really interesting to have their own apis and then uh, they could generate an open API file, and from the open API file, you can create a custom connector within the yep. uh, power platform. Um, and then uh, you can uh, you can use that within power apps power automate and uh, logic apps for instance and yeah. that whole scenario is one of those uh, scenarios that uh, microsoft really tried to um, uh, to change uh, for the pro developer uh, yeah. because they have like the whole end to end story where you start with an api in inside of visual studio for instance and then uh, you can uh, uh, deploy that to API management for instance and then from there on you can export it to your Power Platform environments.
0: And then so, um, the BCF, again, just trying to translate this in the in a, another ways of saying that. Mm-hmm. Is it almost like company-wide, like craft toolkit or reusable set of controls? You would be able to do those, and then it just track and drop the BCF control in, which connects to the connector, and then it already works immediately based on the data. Is that the way of thinking that?
2: Um, yeah. It's sort of you can you can of your of course use the uh the connector to put the data into the pcf component for instance yeah uh, yep. so that's what you can do uh, in there and then you just drag and drop the pcf control there then yep. you connect to the uh connector and uh, then you get the data that's uh, that's possible there yeah
1: um another thing I want to ask you right because like when you look at the bigger trends right it seems like power platform is taking over the workplace and the the concept or the space of apps for work and i guess like m- many folks will agree that well power platform is probably the easiest way to build apps for work to a point but there's also this other space well well we used to have all these years pro developers right who know asp.net who know react javascript.net What does that mean for their skills and where do you see them fit, right? Like, is it only black and (laughs) white where we say uh, it's it's all going to be power platform and everybody should learn, you know, expressions and power apps? Or do you see like, well, it's kind of, it's a bit more nuanced because there will always be demand for people who know web development, mobile development, desktop development.
0: This is almost, is this the same transition which you explained when you chose SharePoint Online and then the other people stayed in on-prem and you went <laughs> there and then, is no, this a similar kind No, of-
2: no it's, it's, it's completely different because I think that um, if you look at uh, the whole on-prem to cloud uh, transition, uh, I think a lot of people went to the cloud and e- eventually find out that the cloud was really the place to be. <laughs> yep. um, but in this case, I think that the pro developers, they can still have their place in other places, just not only Power Platform. But I think that also the pro developers could use low-code tools and the low-code functionality to do something more productive because they can achieve something quicker inside of the Power Platform than they do when they use custom code, for instance. And it's yep. maybe better maintainable, etc. Those kinds of things. Um, so I think there's still a place for everybody. It's still uh, you, you. You don't. You're. You're not um, um, doing. Only power platform. I think that's not going to be the case. Uh, even though I would love to, <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, it's. Uh, I think, I think power
1: there's a power platform developer, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's like the 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 right tool for the job, right? Because it's uh, there's still a bunch of places where uh, power platform is not a good fit, um, yeah. and uh, they are have they are really working on it. Uh, but some of the cases, uh, yeah. Uh, If there's already a product for it that's really easily configurable and you should use that, Uh, please use that and don't try to recreate SharePoint inside of a Power App, for instance. That's kind of the and and that's also really a a big struggle because you can see that people um, they are working a lot with Power Platform and now they start uh, start getting better at it and they create an app for everything and sometimes those people should take a step back and look at what what
1: else is there <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yep. because As you can, doesn't mean you should right because exactly. you can doesn't exactly. mean you should, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so uh, being being so um uh imagine right like that you are a pro dev let's let's assume that you you have all that experience building web apps uh mobile mm-hmm. apps native apps whatever and you're curious like hey like what is what is that power platform thing? What could it offer me? What is a good place for a developer to start because these are folks who know like things like you' like you don't need to explain to a dev what are loops and conditions and exceptions like they know the basics already like what what will be the right place for them to start to kind of experience what is available so that they can make that choice, whether it's that or that tool or maybe, maybe to rephrase. So, so that they can add Power Platform as yet another tool in toolbox that they have. Yeah, yeah.
2: So there's of course the docs. Uh, there's a, a big section for developers. So I would advise them to go there. Um, and other than that, I always think it's good to 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 see the whole story behind it, right? Because if you understand the story behind it, then uh, it's easier for you to understand. What they try to achieve with it, so uh, always go look at those uh, those big presentations, like Charles Amana did one a while back, uh, and that's like the the, the big uh, power platform presentation uh, where he sees it going, etc. I think that's one of those uh places where they should uh look at. And also there's tons of YouTube channels, uh, uh tons of uh, community uh uh places where you can be. Uh you can go to uh Discord channels. There's there's this Discord oh by the way, it's called Discord servers. <laughs> We're going back yeah. to the servers. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Discord servers yeah. hosting channels. Yes. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> but uh there there are tons of uh tons of places where you can be. There are newsletters, weekly newsletters. Um there's for instance Power Platform Weekly, uh but for developers there's also a Power Platform Developer Weekly. Um and there's tons of articles in there uh, about development side of things. So If they want to know more about it, uh, I would heavily uh, recommend them uh, to uh, register for that uh, newsletter and uh, follow that because there's tons of information in there. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's basically where they can start.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the Power Platform Weekly is a really, really well uh, collected set of links and information. So really, and and, and Daniel, I guess you're one of the persons behind of that, unless I'm completely mistaken. Yeah, so.
2: I'm 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 one of the people there. Uh, kudos <laughs> but, uh, kudos on doing that. So it,
0: it's it's really well done. So on a weekly basis. Oh, thank you.
2: So. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and uh yeah, there's two so the you have the developer one and the normal the the, the general the regular. one. Regular. Um yep. <laughs> but the <Regular>. developer one <laughs> regular, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't <laughs> Depend, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: But uh, uh, yeah, for the pro devs, of course, the developer side of things is uh, probably more, uh, more interesting, but of True. course, Power Platform Weekly also has some developer stuff in there.
0: Yep. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Now, you joined Microsoft pretty recently, uh, so let's switch the gears a bit. Um, that was a good summary on, on the Power Platform. Um, any, any tips, how do you get to employed by Microsoft? How did that happen? I, I can't remember my process, and it's completely different when the dinosaurs moved to Microsoft. But you know, for you, uh, it's been now a few months, right? Uh,
2: this is my first month, so okay. uh, <laughs> it's uh, four weeks now,
0: so uh, yeah. How was the, the, the recruitment process and any, any tips for anybody who's like, I want to be working in Microsoft um, as a remote up, person? I yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I, I worked in consulting for a long time. Um, I was always thinking about uh, joining Microsoft. I was always like, I would like to experience the other side of the spectrum. Yep. Um, and um, yeah, for me, um, it was not something that I wanted that bad that I was uh, heavily trying to uh, to to get a job there. Um, but after a while. Uh, nine and a half years at my previous uh, company. You waited a little. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I waited a little. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe it could be good to to change uh, change around a bit because uh, yeah. I I could do uh, uh, different things. Um, and uh, because of COVID, there was also a big difference uh, because before, when you wanted to work for Microsoft and you didn't want to work in sales kind of thing, um, you had to go to the US uh, yeah. or. Most most of the time you had to go to that, the US. That is ninety
0: 99999 percent of people were forced to move the Ritmond basically. So exactly I remember and, this time and and I <laughs> before you can I it's just before COVID, twenty five people in meeting room, I call in eleven PM remotely and I'm the guy on the screen, or I'm the guy on the speaker phone, which people just forget about. So it's uh, it's a bit of a <laughs> it was a bit of a different at the time yeah. compared to how it is right now. So was,
1: but anyway, you know, right? so it's it's <laughs> awesome to hear that we went through this bad thing that kind of uh um equalized the field for everybody. Sure. Sure. Now like through that we were forced to work remotely and realized well that that isn't really that bad. Sure like, like there are things like ideally you have the choice whether you want to be in the office, whether you want to be at home or you want to organize your day day around what's important to you and need it. But at least now we kind of acknowledge that as well, that's an okay thing. Like, it's perfectly fine for folks to call yes. in. Like, you don't, you, you don't have to be on site. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There are ways for us to work at, um, and, uh, to work efficiently still.
0: And now, in every single meeting in White, there's typically a Teams link. That wasn't the case. It's pretty awkward to like five minutes already meeting going and then you start pinging people and saying, hey, so there was no. Tip, hey,
1: I would like to. I would say I'm here. Exactly.
2: Hello. (laughs) Yeah. No, but for for me, it was uh, I I didn't want to go to the US uh, because I love the Netherlands and I love the the place here. And uh, that's why I didn't want to move there. Uh, Before, there were some questions from people from Microsoft Would you like to work here and would you like to apply? And then I was like, Is it a remote role? No.
1: (laughs) <laughs> exactly
2: that. <laughs> so that's why I never uh, never did that. But after COVID, um, I uh, uh, talked to April, April Dunham, and uh, she said, "Well, there's a role in my team uh, that's opening up, um, and uh, um, would you like to apply?" And uh, I said yes, and I applied. Oh. <laughs> and then and then I had a big interview loop, etc. So yeah. uh, it took like four interviews. Um, they had some trouble finding people, by the way, because I know a lot of people at Microsoft, and some of them said, "Well, I can't interview Daniel because I know him too well."
1: <laughs> so, uh, well you <laughs> mean, yeah, struggle. The news that they had trouble finding people. I was like. They had trouble finding people to interview you. Because yeah, you were, yeah you were too connected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, so based on that, right? Because like oftentimes you hear like ex- externally it's kind of a visible thing. Like for example, if you are a dev and you want to join, there's this, you know, the lead code, uh or lead code uh uh things where you learn about algorithms and loops and code. like what are is there anything for advocate? to learn up front, especially in the power platform space, like like were you, were you grilled on your tech skills or your community skills, presentation people skills, like what kind of areas people need to keep in mind to prep for a, for a job in this space?
2: Yeah, I think um, what's always the, the best thing and that's, the, that's for every job is always look at people who are interviewing you uh because it's really good to 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 know what these people want from the person that's gonna have the role uh yep. eventually um so you should kind of uh think about well what what does this person want from me when I get the job uh that's something that you should be aware of and a, uh, a lot of people i i talk to they they when they have an interview they they don't do that and i was like why don't you do that? Because that's like the main prep that you need to do before you have an interview, of course. Uh, but that's like the generic stuff. But on the uh, developer advocacy, yeah, for me it was uh, I, I did a lot of things in the community already. Uh, so I was an MVP. I presented at a lot of uh, events. I uh, had a lot of contacts there, and I always uh, try to to do open source things, for instance, uh, whenever I could. I always try to help. For instance, patterns and practices as well, uh, all those kinds of things, um, and that made it probably easier for me to roll into this role because, um, yeah, that's that's basically what they are grilling you on. Uh, like, what what are you gonna do when you when you arrive in this uh, in this role? Uh, what's gonna be your focus? Uh, um, yeah. And we need people for this and this and this. Uh, can you do that? And then they uh, ask some che- check questions, of course. Um so yeah that's uh, and it was pretty funny by the way because I had four interviews um and just before that a couple months before that I uh, got grilled on the technical skills of the power platform because I did the um uh, fast track recognized solution architect process yep. uh, so I I I had so many questions back then <laughs> <laughs> that okay. I knew everything about what they are going to ask.
1: Perfect. <laughs> so that so was really good. And then, you were, you were grilled. You came back to us saying, hey, guys, so I just did this exam. I have feedback for you. You sent like 10 pages A4 feedback. And now, like, oh, you were dead, guy. <laughs> it was yeah, it
0: was, re- <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> But, and, and related on this interview, so I think Gavin said it really well. Was it a week ago, two weeks ago? That that one of the key points in the interview at, at this level of a career you've been ten years already as a consultant and all of that is also making sure that the position which you're applying is suitable for you. So it's not just that you are you're being accepted. No, no, no. It's also making sure that. Is this really the thing what I want to do and what are they expecting me to do? And that's, that's actually something what quite often happens when, when you're a younger person, not necessarily that experience, you apply for
1: a job, mm-hmm. you're just hunting for getting the job. But then yeah. well, yes is it no. really a match or yes not? Yes no, right? So I have experience with working at companies, 25-odd foes. And I think that that idea that you apply for a job and the job is there to stay applies more there than it is the case at Microsoft. True. Because, be, True. Be, because at Microsoft, we're more adapting to the market as opposed to, like, if you join join a company of 2025, I, folks, it's more fixed. Like, yep. if we have a, a kind of of a business, you are an SI, ISV, and that's the thing you do. And if you are yep. a dev, well, you're a dev, and you'll be working with that, and there's nothing else. Whereas at Microsoft, yep. priorities change, the market evolves, and we evolve with it. True. And that makes True. it, well, you apply for a job today, but maybe in a year, things will change and some, some, something else will be more important. And then with that, you will be also, you have more room to grow. True. So it's also True. this thing like, don't get and, too, too hung up on the things you apply for today.
0: And that's for sure one of the things which is being evaluated when you're getting interviewed in Microsoft as well, which is like, how well are flexible, you dealing with changes and yeah, flexible yeah. and all of that? So is it basically, I'm locked into this thing and I will not do anything else, or, yeah, I will never do anything else the next, or it, it's basically the the f- how, well, how willingness are you a, be able to adapt change, uh, which is a really, really key point. You know, if you think about the, the, the let's say, social situation, the economic situation right now, uh, we're seeing some dark clouds here and there, it's getting autumn, you know. Um, Winter is coming. Winter is coming, <laughs> uh, so, and and right now, it might be hard to predict where we are within a year or two or three, um, yeah. but having that flexibility on, okay, I'll adapt, rather than being, no, I will do my thing for, for well, upcoming 20 years.
1: And it goes two ways. Because, because on one hand, like, imagine, you are a passionate person about ML, algorithms, machine learning, and so forth, and so on. Let's say, and I'm not saying that as the case, but let's say, like, this is a big priority for us now. And you you wanna, like, like you see that Microsoft is a great fit for, As an employer, place to work, colleagues, atmosphere, technology. Let's say in a year things will change and we will be like AI will be the thing. ML is deprioritized because because reasons. I mean, again, all theory. That's not the case. You can go about two ways. You can say, "Hey, Microsoft is a great place to work. I will adapt," or you can say, "Well." I'm passionate about ML. I I want to drive change in this space. This isn't a thing here, and I let me go to another location exactly that drives that that area because that is where my heart is. So it goes really two ways, right? And again, everybody needs to define like what is the thing or them. Well, where do they have the passion? Is it the topic area, or is it really the company? And you want to drive something within that group of. Folks, because you see the potential there, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. and there is no right or wrong there.
2: Yeah, and I, I also see a lot of people in Microsoft move around, uh, and that's also a big thing. Yeah. I think that's probably in Microsoft is more than in other companies. Um, uh, I've seen within my previous company, I've seen people switch roles, um, but. Within Microsoft, uh, all the PMs that I have worked with over the years, there's so many people that changed roles within Microsoft from yep. one product to another, from SharePoint to PowerPoint, even those kinds of things. Uh, I- I've seen that a lot, and yep. I think that's also really interesting to see as well uh, because that that's also also um, evolving uh, uh, your job, of course.
0: Sure. Yep. and and then you get to experience how that organization works because. Organizations are quite like startups and, and the projects are quite like startups. There's a different kind of leadership. There's a different kind of management chain, management model policies, all of that are different across the different the organizations.
1: Customer ecosystem, customer ecosystem yeah. So, and all have the impact on it, absolutely. Yeah.
0: and having that kind of a changes between organization is actually not too bad because then you yeah. understand different ways of yeah. delivering yeah. And, and more experience on, on options, so. Yeah. Tells the person who's been in SharePoint area for how many years.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about it before before I said it. And I was again, like, I that, think Fesa has something to say,
1: right? Because now, now that for, for yeah. a long time, and you've yeah. seen that change, yeah. And the learnings you have over time, there's value to that too. True. True. To and
0: it's not like, it's like we're been super been isolated, so only on <laughs> certain things. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, the things you've seen throughout the years. Anyway, so... <laughs> Cool. Now we're a bit of over time. Uh, we don't want to yeah. keep you here um, because Daniel, you might have some other other bookings as well. But mandatory uh, training to do. Mandatory <laughs> training to do, yes. <laughs> oh, those, yes those things. Uh, but those are super fun quite often, actually. Some of them are yeah, really yeah. cool. So. <laughs> I'm
2: almost done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. I'm all done for this quarter, so <laughs> it's... Anyway, So, um, but thank you, Daniel, for joining in here. Uh, really cool to have a chat with you. Um, congratulations. Joining Microsoft uh, one more time. It, it's it's great to have you in the company as well. We've been knowing each other for many many years, so um, it's it's awesome to have more people who have the field experience as well. So we need kind of a both kind of people, the Redmond engineering people, and then the the people who understands the customer really well as well. Like, Walter, Thanks for having me. So <laughs> yes, Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, now before we close, let's do a quick uh, one minute. What's going to happen this week? Anything interesting? Uh, on your side, anything what you're working on, which would be super, super cool, which you can't maybe mention. What, what's happening? Something, we are, yeah. we are under NDA with friends. NDA, NDA, NDA. <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All NDA, no. Um, yeah, we will well, not tell anybody about this call. Yeah, just between friends, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I'm I'm working on a workshop, uh, which is really cool. Um, so uh, that's going to be something that uh, uh, will highlight one of the uh, one of the features of the power platform. Um, cool. uh, so uh, that's something that's really cool, and um, I'm uh, gonna work on uh, the custom connector side of things uh, in that workshop as well. So uh, yep. that's going to be really cool, and uh, we'll release that probably in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, so around the Power Platform conference, which is coming. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> a... Surprise,
1: surprise! There is this conference yeah. <laughs> this oh, gosh, you know, like you,
2: no? So yeah, that's uh, that's going to be really cool. And um, um, yeah, I'm I'm still finding my way and uh, looking at all the cool projects that for all, all the cool projects that I can do, uh, yep. and picking uh, picking all those projects uh, together. So uh,
0: yep. that's going to be really cool. Don't pick too much. So no. Just... <laughs> <laughs> because there has to be some f- uh, free time and creative mind thinking as well. So, so yeah, And also, also
2: you have to finish, right? Because yes, if exactly. You, if yes. you put too much yes, in it, then precisely. nothing
0: gets finished. That's a problem, yep. right? <laughs> Anything interesting on your side, Waldeck? What's happening this oh, week?
1: We've just shipped the new version of CLI from Microsoft 365 today as we're recording Yay. That just a few hours Is back, that the V6? 365? No, that's, I mean, no, no, no. So okay. V6, so, that's
0: the major is in preview. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah. So, V6 is coming, we kind of hope, end of um, October because we have so we have most breaking changes already done. But now we're in a stage where we want to give people, you know, enough time to test everything that they have. We don't want to do it yeah. overnight. Ta-da, we shipped it and now everything breaks. We're not doing that, right? So, we're giving people roughly two months uh, uh, in advance room to test everything that they have and you you can test the V6 already we have we have instructions for, for that uh, so that is 1 2 again still working on some bigger plans for a bigger chunk of the, of the year so that's coming 3 i have i have I, I just saw on my list i have a a thing to help you vesa with something for an upcoming event Maybe, so yeah, we need to talk too. about that one, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that is also something on this week. And other than that, I will be a PM for remodeling kitchen, remodeling a kitchen at home. It's something that I, I hoped I would be able to avoid. Unfortunately, I won't be. So I am now planning, you know, like build, building dependency child, like who's coming when, who do I need to plan, <laughs> you know, remove and dry. And there is room for people and people are not yeah. in each other's ways. I'm yep. trying to plan like well there will be days without maybe water maybe electricity because like so uh, i'm getting additional skills
0: yeah that's good that's how you learn push yourself on the limits so that's always good uh on my slide uh sharepoint framework 1.16 is going to be released today uh as a preview uh so that's a new version um so today as yes, this is getting released that's in like Tomorrow, as we're recording this on, you know. Ooh, but. What
1: be any, any two or three things? What
0: uh, kind of there's sp- actually a really cool new way of putting it, doing uh, custom uh, in the web part when you're hovering on top of the web part where you have the edit web part. You can add custom buttons and actions there, uh, starting from 1.16. Uh, so there's multiple ways of kind of improving the, the end user and administrative experiences. And then Microsoft Teams v2 JavaScript SDK will be the default in the SPFX. So
1: that, What is the, the benefit of that for folks?
0: Uh, the ultimately, the, that's all driving towards the, the, the thinking where you can build Microsoft Teams and Outlook and Office applications with SPFX because then the V2 of JavaScript is enabling the Outlook scenarios as well. So okay, for pro-developers. So
1: build build cool. once and expose your app across multiple locations. Correct, correct,
0: yes. Cool, uh, that and correct. that will
1: be available in SPFX? One sixteen uh, Preview? One
0: sixteen Preview, we'll start talking about it. It starts <laughs> rolling out at some point. Uh, so we'll have a blog post on that one tomorrow. So, Brilliant. and then uh, we're going to promote a bit more on the Viva Connection Toolkit, which we've been working together with uh, uh, Elio. So, but uh, really, kind of a kicking off that preview this week. Um, communication, communication. We need people to test the VS Code extension, um, so we can actually release that a bit later this year. So, Ooh.
1: exciting times.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff with the score. But thank you, Daniel, and sorry for taking Thanks. a bit more extra time. Uh, You're <laughs> no, probably <laughs> one, one minute. <laughs> one minute? What? Only one minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Always happen. But thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Really, really cool. We'll catch you back on the show for sure uh, sooner or later, uh, A bit, maybe somewhere around 200. Sooner uh, four years. Yeah, about 200 four years. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to catch up whenever you have then workshop sure. materials and all of that available. And, and yeah. kind of coming back in six months to have a discussion on how does it now feel uh, to be in Microsoft. Sure. So. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Great to have you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And excellent, thank you, Daniel, one more time uh, joining us on the, on the interview. And really good to, to catch up as well. It's been a while since we actually been in a meeting, but congratulations. 26th time already in this call (laughs) (laughs) on joining Microsoft. Good to have, as mentioned, uh, field people joining because there's a a good level of tenant experience around the customers and ecosystem and partner ecosystem, and that's that's really things which we need as well. So uh, getting that feedback in and then adjusting the products and offerings based on that input. So really, really cool stuff. Should we jump on the articles, Waldek? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let me share my screen. Um, share. And that's great. There we go. So, from last week, uh, from Colette Astala Bauer, uh, from intuitive sharing with OneDrive to try prioritization with Viva Goals. Here's what's new in Microsoft 365 a nice blog post summary on the Microsoft 365 blog related on the latest announcements in the Microsoft 365 with Viva and also on the OneDrive. So OneDrive has this, uh, they say improved uh, sharing capabilities which actually is working really well. We've been using this internally for a long time, but this is actually interesting. So OneDrive has a new welcome home page where uh, surfacing information what other people are sharing and doing and adjusting. Um, And of course, the files which you have in OneDrive, but it's it's another view that the uh, what is it? Is it the enterprise feed, so to say, around what are the changes within the file level? So, which is kind of a cool that you can easily get access to that. and understand that. Uh, And Then other stuff like the Microsoft Office has new uh, experiences, the the views on the feeds and enterprise views, Microsoft Lens has new features, good point and that is a really cool application by the way as well. And Then uh, we have the Viva Calls which went GA as well. I guess we have another news article on that one as well uh, in the later part. The next
1: news uh, was around Adaption Score. Exactly, right? So one of the things that is top of mind for everyone is that when you buy a product, you want to learn over time how is it, how well is it being used? Is it being used? Which areas are being used? So kind of get insights into how well the, the adoption goes. And now apparently that will be uh, available on Microsoft 365. So you will be able to learn how your colleagues are working with Microsoft 365 do they really embrace services that you roll out for them? Or maybe there are some points where you could do better. So it's not really to yep. monitor their work, but to monitor the adoption of services. Yep. There's this
0: chillion, billions and billions of signals here and there, uh, which are getting attracted and then calculated to an understandable score to understand, is it being adapted? Are we paying money for the right things or not? And, and exactly. then that helps on improving the, what is it? The uh, return of investment. That's the key point. What is it? Return of investment. See this, What? A, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. next. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. next. Okay uh so mark cashman had a blog post uh, around use microsoft lists for your next marketing campaign with the video uh, really cool with the video again on showing uh different capabilities what we can do but really explaining the value of the microsoft lists and what you can do and how do you connect that for example for power automate and then get additional benefits out of there and surfacing information using the information directly in the microsoft teams and microsoft Lists is certainly the easiest way to build quite Elaborate um, integrations and uh, quite elaborate uh, presentations as well. So, Chris Kent has been working a lot about these samples, how we can improve uh, the presentation on the Microsoft list. So, really, really cool stuff, uh, for sure. Then there was a article on the Microsoft Teams blog.
1: So, <laughs> exactly right. So, oftentimes we we talk, talk about about bringing your apps to Microsoft Teams, because Microsoft Teams is a place where, well, many people spend majority of their day. We communicate, we are on meetings, we communicate about files, about our work. So we are in there already. So why yeah. not bring applications from your work into Teams and have them where you are already are, as opposed to you know having to have to keep track of bookmarks and these different applications each by themselves. right? So bring applications to where you already are. On the other hand, maybe in your role, you don't spend majority of, of your day in Teams. Maybe you actually keep track of, or maybe you spend majority of your day in your application because you manage orders or you manage, manage some other things. So that is the place where you are. You still will have that need to be able to communicate with colleagues and others, right? So the cool thing is, is that as much as we can bring applications to Teams, we can now also bring Microsoft Teams and some features to that- other- offers to applications. So we can chat, we can have videos directly in the apps. And the really cool uh, scenarios around that are, for example, when you talk about B2C. So you as a company want to communicate with your customers who aren't on, on Teams, right? So think about things like, you know, consult or whether it's about mortgage or a doctor, physician, you name it like all kinds of meetings with a customer, you can build for them an application and power that app with abilities directly from Teams. So things like chat, video calls and all of that have that available. So you don't need to build that by yourself. You can bring Teams to your app. This is really, really cool. So, um, and on the Microsoft Viva side, uh, really, really important
0: announcement. So, Microsoft Viva Engage uh, is now generally available. Uh, so, uh, Microsoft Viva Engage is basically an evolution of the uh, Yammer communities app, which integrates then the Yammer inside of the Microsoft Teams, and we've been using this internally uh, for a long, long, long time. And it's actually really, really cool. So, um, at least in the scale of Microsoft, uh, our Yammer is quite active and there's a lot of communities and a lot of stuff happening in the Yammer as well. So it's a really great way of surfacing then that community information directly in Teams. Really, really cool stuff. Yep.
1: Then we had a blog post from Aika. Yes. So my my colleague Aika wrote an article about how you could build a productivity dashboard with Microsoft Teams toolkit. Right And the idea is is that like in teams, and if you think about teams, Viva, Yammer, there's a lot of notion around the idea of an org, right or a team. but there's nothing specifically for you, like a place where you could start your own day and to get a quick glance about everything going on around you, so your email tasks, uh, upcoming appointments, and so forth and so on. Right so Aisha shows how you can use the Teams toolkit for VS so Visual Studio and build a .net based Teams app that will then use um, the Microsoft graph and bring all the info from your workplace from Microsoft 365 into a single place to give you that quick overview across the board really yeah, cool cool case Brilliant. Really cool case for sure and and the coolest
0: thing is really the amount of code what is needed to actually make this happen with Microsoft Graph Toolkit. So really, really awesome stuff. So really simple, really efficient. Uh, it's basically three controls put it on a page and controls, that including is the logging. Thanks to MGt, right? The Microsoft Graph yep. took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And really, really cool stuff. So, absolutely brilliant stuff. Then we had a blog post from uh, Ben Summers around how cloud storage partners integrate their services with Microsoft Teams and Office. So, we can integrate uh, the client storage partners directly in Office clients. And there's been a scenario for a long, long, long time already, but this, you might actually have storage options which are not actually within the Microsoft 365. And you want to surface those files and assets still within the Office and in the Microsoft 365. And this really talks about those integration capabilities and options and scenarios, how to make things happen and, and what we can do here. So, really, really cool way of getting that. External storage systems also surfaced in the Microsoft Teams. Thank you, Ben, on that one. And we do have a specific uh, CSPP uh, program for that. So making sure that people can, there's a way of getting that to happen uh, with support. Sort of really, really cool stuff. Now, CLI had a new version, 5.7. during our interview, or at some point, we mentioned already the 6.0, but this isn't yet that. So, this is.
1: Correct. correct. So, 0.7. today, as we record this, we released a new version of CLI for Microsoft 365, version 5.7, again with new commands and improvements. So, to highlight a few things support for bookings, support or extended support for permissions in SPO, SharePoint. Um, and also new abilities to create Azure AD apps directly with the admin on send. To name the yep. few things, there is way, way, way more. So definitely check out the article, check out the release notes, the full list. And again, big, 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 big thanks for everybody who helped us because we yep. would never be able to do that alone. Yep, absolutely, great, great, great stuff, and and
0: awesome to see this evolve as well. Now we also had a new blog post from Lucy Fries around uh, the start of a series, which is around build Power Apps that don't look like Power Apps: A Material Design Part One. So Material Design is Google's design language, and how could, if that's a standard within your company, how you would be able to use those kind of designs then within the Power Apps. So talk explaining the the steps and requirements and how things can be done within the Power Apps, and that. Also, part one. So you can actually then. This is going to evolve uh, with the upcoming upcoming steps as well. And as we talked with the, the discussion with uh, Daniel, you are able to create the controls um, which are basically providing this more efficiently for you. And Luis is going to talk about that one in the future as well
1: for sure. Then uh, Marcus Müller had a new blog post as well. Exactly about how can you use. The Microsoft Graph and features that it offers to get SharePoint list items as efficiently as you can. Right. So on Microsoft Graph, there is the delta approach that allows you to get item only items that have changed since the last time you got them. So imagine that you have kind of you uh, persist kind of state in your app or you have cache or something, and you load your app, you show the data that you got the last time, but you also want to refresh that. So using using the delta, you can. Send the less token you had the last time so that you only get the change and not everything, which will speed up the experience of your app significantly. So, how do you go about it? Check out the article. Yep, really, really cool
0: stuff. Thank you, Marcus, on that one. And then there was a a blog post uh, from Martin Linkstall around. Getting notified of a service incident in Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Teams and, and really setting up the automation how to do that with CLI for Microsoft, uh, Microsoft 365, which is hosted in Azure Function. So, really, really, really cool setup on getting then updates uh, directly within the Microsoft Teams. Um, and this would be quite useful. I think it's in my case, and I guess in your case as well, that like we are actually working inside of the Teams. So, getting those messages in Teams that say, hey, you need to now react on this is actually a positive thing. Now is it a it's it's better in Teams than in
1: email for sure. Uh, but yeah. you know and I mean it depends where you want it to be. The cool thing is you can sure. do both. Right. So with yes. the like Microsoft 365 yes. you can just as easily create adaptive card or send an email. Uh, right and the point being here is that you minimize the amount of custom code you have to write. You use a tool yes. that you already know for a purpose to bring that info to your fingertips where you already are, whether that's Email or whether that's uh, Teams, so that you can stay up to date on the things that matter to you, right? Yep, absolutely, really, really cool stuff. Now,
0: on the video side, there was a new video series released uh, pretty recently uh, around all things uh, Microsoft Cloud, which is Aisha and and Dan. And uh, last week, and they had a really nice video related on the Microsoft Craft. So Yina Arenas, uh, she's the creator and and the leads the team who is now uh, running the show within the Microsoft Craft, or has been running the show since the creation of the Graph um, and they're having a nice uh, nine-minute interview on what is Graph why does it matter uh, where did it come from and all of that stuff so really really cool 10-minute time investments which we highly recommend you to check out to understand this, the backside story as well which is important why does why, why, why would I why so and of course oh, you would you use yeah. Graph
1: exactly now, uh, then there was a video uh, from Paula. Yes, I talk about- in yep. episode two hundred nineteen of PSS Tech Bytes, Paula talks about using the search filter web parts of the PNP Modern Search collection. Right, so PNP Modern Search is an open source set of search controls and features. Right, that you can use in your internet to offer a tailored search experience to users. Right, in your org, and Paulo over the course of the last weeks have been talking about the different aspects of what is inside PNP Modern Search, and this time around he talks about filters. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Yeah,
0: really, really cool. And this integrates to Craft Search, and then also the, the classic search as well. So there's multiple options to available for customers. Then there was a really nice video from Travis related on getting started with Microsoft Craft and PowerShell. And so, what is that, and how do I get started with it? What are the different modules which are available, and how do I install the required modules uh, to my environment? But, yeah, how do we connect to the graph and how does it actually work uh, inside of the PowerShell? So, really, really cool stuff. And, Craft PowerShell does expose all of the different functionalities which we have in the Microsoft Graph as an API. So, really, really a lot of opportunities for automation. And then the last video
1: was from Robert. Exactly. So, intro how to build a SharePoint web part using SharePoint framework PNP. And React.js. So, kind of the most popular tool set. And it's up to date already with SharePoint Framework 1.15, which was released in July, if I recall correctly. Yes. And Robert walks walk sure. us through how you would start this, how you would use some of the tooling that is offered by Microsoft and community to build a web part, basically, a widget that you would put on a page in a really efficient way with minimum code and, and maximum efficiency. Really, really cool stuff. Cool.
0: I will stop presenting. Awesome stuff from Robert, uh, DevTalk as well. So great stuff on there. And We already went through what's happening this week. I guess it's time to close up.
1: Yeah, it's about time. We talked a lot already. So <laughs> yes, it how is. How about <laughs> we give you time back to go through all these cool links and articles and videos, and if you write something yourself, if you write, if you record, if you build samples, if you build apps, let us know about it because we want to give you the stage and help you share it with every, everyone else. Tag us on Twitter with PNP Weekly. And I guess we'll be weekly. back next week. We'll be back next week. See you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.